This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Hello, I'm Ian Doyle and welcome to the latest Blood Red podcast in association with 45, the new free-to-play score prediction game from The Pools. To play 45 this weekend, visit thepools.com and don't forget you need to be in the UK and over 18 years of age to play. And I'm joined with three other people today who are all over the age of 18, some of them that look a lot over the age of 18. Uh, starting with our full-time Liverpool correspondent, both home and away. He's very much at home on this podcast this week. It's James Pierce. Hi, Jay. Hello, Ian. You OK? I'm OK. Thank you very much for asking. Also joining us is Christian Walsh. Hi, Christian. Hello, Ian. How are you? I'm still OK. James already asked me that. And Connor Don. Hello, Connor. Hello, Ian. How are you? <laughs> I'm getting a little bit agitated by the amount of people asking me how I am, but thanks anyway. Now, James, myself and you, which is not the proper grammar, but never mind, no. uh, were down at Melwood earlier today. We listened to Jurgen Klopp talk at the press conference ahead of Saturday evening's game against Arsenal. What was your main take from what Mr Klopp was saying? Um, I think a few things, wasn't it? I think um, probably just trying to keep a lid on on expectation levels and and also the kind of the, the, the buoyant mood around the club at the moment. You know, I think you know, one of the key phrases was so far so good. Um, you know, nothing special. A, a quarter of the season is nothing. You know, obviously a lot's been made about the fact this is equal to Liverpool's best ever start to a season in the Premier League era. But, um, you know, I think Klopp just keen to stress that they've achieved nothing yet. You know, it's, I think we we saw with the way that Manchester City overcome overcame what was a, a tricky assignment on a terrible pitch down at Wembley on uh, on Monday night that um, the margin for error is just so small this season um, if Liverpool are going to stay in the title shake-up right Right through uh, into the spring, um, and I think Klopp knows that. And uh, you know, this is a, a massive game in the context of Liverpool's season coming up at the Emirates on Saturday night. I mean, Christian, there was a bit of team news that came out just before the press conference. Basically, Jordan Henderson and Abby Cater, who've both missed the, the I think it's the last two games, they both remain out. There was some suggestion that Henderson may have been back for the for the trip to the to the Emirates. Klopp basically said that, look, you know, this is. For, Covering for these kind of people is the reason why they've got such a big squad now, and he believes they've coped with it. Do you think they can still cope with it at the Emirates? Yeah, most definitely. That's what he's built the squad for. I feel like, even though maybe the midfield's been the one area so far this season where the biggest question marks have been raised over it, I just feel like you've, now that Fabinho starts to look like he's integrating into the side, Wayne Aldum's obviously in the best form of his career for me. You've also got James Milner, who, who should be fresh, really, because he hasn't really been utilised all that much uh, recently. And then you've obviously got the the, the opportunity to, to play Shaqiri or Lallana as well. So, you know, they're actually well-stocked. What's happening now is that Shaqiri's starting to, to find his feet at Liverpool and, you know, and then some with, with some of his performances lately. Lallana, I thought he was, you know, harshly criticised for the uh, in the win over Cardiff. I thought he was decent in the first 45 and just tied a little bit. So they've got options there, no doubt. And, you know, Henderson aside, they, they, they have some some players there who can fulfil every role that Klopp wants from us, whether he plays a, a two-man midfield pivot, as they call it nowadays, all the, all the stats, or uh, a 4-3-3. Three, three. He's, he's pretty much got a, a player for, for every job. Two number sixes, he likes to call it. He's he? got the two number sixes, which is a twelve. It is, yes, which is a substitute, and you don't <laughs> you don't want to be that. Uh, Connor, the fact that Liverpool are playing the last couple of games without the captain and without the fifty-two, I think point seven five was it million player that everybody was waiting for for the for a year basically to turn up at Liverpool, and now that they're not playing, nobody seems to be up in arms at the fact that either aren't going to be there. Is that just reflective of the the squad strength that Liverpool have got 
or just the fact they actually just won two games? Um, I think it's a little bit of both, to be honest. Obviously, when you play a team and you win games, nobody's ever going to complain, are they? Because they don't have much reason to. Um, but then at the same time, it does obviously show that you've got these players that can come in and can perform at the highest level. I know not necessarily Cardiff is the highest level of the Premier League, but it's still a Premier League game at the end of the day. And it's still three points and you still a game you've got to win. When you put in these players, there's always going to be question marks over how they're going to work. But I think Klopp's shown that with the players he's brought in, it's exactly what he's kind of wanted to get. So he can bring in, you know, players in any position if anyone falls out with that. I mean, James, you, uh, you're you coughing a little bit there. You're struggling a bit. I'll battle on Ian, don't worry. You know I'm a fighter. You are, you're, a, you're, a, you're a brave. So you've got that warrior spirit. I think you'll find. Um, <laughs> Jürgen Klopp also spoke a little bit about Unai Emery, Arsenal manager. He was asked about, you know, the impact, the change that he's made. And he said, well, if he's anything like me coming into to Liverpool, they live dragged the players out of the comfort zone. And Arsenal's form since those first two games where they played uh, City, got beat, they played Chelsea and lost, which, you know, most teams played well. Liverpool didn't, but most other teams playing them too were probably going to get beat. Since then, they've only not, they've only failed to win one game. And even that was a, a late penalty at Crystal Palace last week. He, he's, he's doing things, isn't he? Yeah, he's made a massive impact there. I think, um, you know, obviously after the first couple of poor results, you know, there was a lot said and written about how, you know, he'd, he'd need a long time to to turn around the kind of downward spiral they've been in the last few years of Wenger's reign and you know parallels drawn with trying to follow in Ferguson's footsteps at Old Trafford and and how difficult it is fo- following on from such a a massive name. But yeah, his impact since then has has kind of rewritten all of that. Um, you know, I think the big thing with Arsenal they got so many goals in them. You know, you look, I saw them. Um, Absolutely tear Leicester to shreds the other week in the in the second half, and Ozil, who's a you know, is a strange player who sometimes you barely even recognise that you know, easy to forget he's even out there at times. He can be on the periphery so much, but then you know he's got such amazing quality in terms of creating and and finishing. He was brilliant that night, and yeah, when you got Lacazette and Aubameyang, you know you're always going to have a chance to to win games. I think defensively they've still looked suspect at times and. But yeah, you can't argue with the results. What is it, unbeaten in 13, yeah. 11 wins in a row um, before that draw at Palace last weekend. And then a midweek uh, League Cup win over Blackpool with a, a, a heavily changed lineup. So um, yeah, I, I still think Arsenal are probably, I don't think they're genuine title contenders this season. But there's no doubt that they could end up having a big say in who does win the league. Because I think they have got the quality to, to beat anyone on their day. I mean, Christian, you're a big fan of players that Jurgen Klopp hasn't signed, and you uh, you wrote about three today who will be lining up for Arsenal: uh, Mkhitaryan, Aubameyang, and Lacazette. Are they going to be the three danger men for Liverpool? I think certainly Aubameyang and Lacazette will be. I, I they, they remind me slightly, although not of the <clears throat> caliber at the moment, but they remind me a little bit of Suarez and Sturridge in 2013-14. Really. That yes, a big show. it's a big show, but they've already got 11 league goals between them already this season. So they're going to basically end the season with nothing and one of them will then leave? Yeah, probably. Yeah. Yeah. They don't often play together, do they? No, well, this is, at the, recently he's been leaving uh, Aubameyang out and, and bringing him off as a substitute, but I think in, he's trying to basically integrate it so you'd have Aubameyang left and Lacazette because he likes Lacazette as the, as the central number nine. Aubameyang ultimately is, is also a central striker, so he's just trying to fit him in on the left-hand side. Who would you expect to see playing against Liverpool out of those two? Both? Both. I think he'll play yeah. both. I, I think he'd be mad not to, to be honest. It's that sort of game. I don't see who else could play there, really. You could maybe bring Ramsey in and, and go a little bit more solid, but I think Arsenal will play to the strengths. Look, the Suarez storage thing, it, it, it's early days in that sense, but they are the two absolute 
catalysts for, for, for what Arsenal are trying to do this season. They're, they're very flaky at the back. The midfield isn't exactly, I'd say, a, a tough midfield to get through to rear it aside. And those two are the, are the ones who Arsenal's hopes will rely on mostly this season. I think Mkhitaryan's a bit more of a, you know, a wild card. He, he, he didn't really recreate the form from Dortmund when he went to Manchester United. And then, you know, I think when Man United are selling somebody to Arsenal, that's usually a sign of, 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 of the, you know, he hasn't been very good there. Well, it's funny you should say that because when we were up at the press conference before, our former colleague Andy Kelly was, was speaking to me afterwards and he was trying to convince me that Mkhitaryan still played for Manchester United to the point where I couldn't quite remember <laughs> who he actually I couldn't quite remember who he actually played for, which underlines the lack of impact he's really had at both clubs. It was a swap deal, wasn't it? It was yeah, for yeah. Sanchez, Sanchez. I mean, yeah. I don't know who got the best out of that, to be honest, in the end. This is also the Andy Kelly who once asked me on the week of the Bayside Derby <laughs> who Everton were playing this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> he knew who Liverpool were playing, but he didn't know who Everton were playing. Uh, we miss you, AK, uh, if you listen, which he won't be. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, he will be. He, he sends us notes, you know. He sends us little messages, says, I didn't like the ribaldry in that one, etc. He doesn't et like us going off on tangents, no, no, does he? he? Doesn't, no. So let's not do that. He doesn't like a drive down Tangent Boulevard. He really does not like a drive. <laughs> like we haven't done that again. <laughs> <laughs> there's time, there's plenty of time yet. Yeah, Mikita, he played 90 minutes against Blackpool, so I'm not sure if he will start, to be honest. He hasn't really set the set Arsenal on fire, so... I think it's very much Lacazette and Aubameyang. They're, they're the two main threats. And when, when you say Liverpool haven't signed them, it was one of those where, you know, obviously I think a lot of supporters when Klopp first came, people said, oh, you know, get Mkhitaryan and even for Mane instead. Would, 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 you, would were, you have been one of these people? No, I don't think so. I don't, I don't think so. I think Klopp always insists, doesn't he, that he doesn't like to, to work with players that he's already worked with. I think that's a little bit selective. Obviously, somebody like Pulisic, he's... He's a he's a big fan of, but and he obviously was interested in Gator in 2016. Um, but with regards to Mkhitaryan, he always says, "Oh well, I've worked with him before. Where's the fun in that?" Um, but you know, fans did want to see Aubameyang, Mkhitaryan, and I remember when Lacazette went to Arsenal, people were saying, "Well, why Liverpool need a striker?" And I think Mo Salah came, um, and he very much you know filled that gap with 44 goals. So. Yeah, it's it's going to be interesting to see the impact they have, and, and and you know as long as Liverpool can keep them quiet, they should be okay. I mean, Connor, that triumvirate that we've just mentioned—they're they're actually one of the very few Arsenal players who appear to be fit and available for this game. They've got had a lot of injury problems, certainly in defence. That's obviously going to play into Liverpool's hands, isn't it? Or or could it actually strengthen Arsenal in the sense that it'll give them something to you know a point to prove as it were you know we've always seen these stories of players of teams who've got players missing and then you know it's somehow for one-off games it, it helps them become stronger for that game but over the course of time it doesn't but yeah I kind of get that school of thought but I think with the way that Arsenal are and where they want to challenge obviously they want to challenge for the title and you know they're performing at that level at the moment um, they'll probably see Liverpool and Man City games and Chelsea games as their title challenge games and as will the others against them so I don't think in terms of it will galvanise them for the one game, having injuries will play too much of a factor because I think it's a big game in their minds regardless. So I think, to be honest, it's going to have a pretty detrimental effect because some of those players at the back that they're missing are just, you know, they're standout performers, aren't they? So, I mean, who, who, who's left for them in defence? So I think I, it's... Staffy and Holding will be the two centre-halves, won't they? And it's looking likely that it'll either be... If Bellerin's fit, I think Bellerin's the closest one, so it'll either be Lichtsteiner and Bellerin, and if Bellerin doesn't make make it, it'll be Ashley Maitland-Niles and Lichtsteiner. Mon- Monreal's out, isn't he? Monreal's out, yeah. yeah. And, and so's Kolasinac. And because they've got some midfielders missing, it looks like Xhaka, who's been playing left-back, left back, will, will have to go, go into, into midfield. midfield. I mean, it's not ideal for them, is it? No, and also, even when they have had better defensive personnel available they've still leaked goals 
this season and obviously you know these these games since Klopp came in against Arsenal have been absolute golf fests. Well, well every, every single time Liverpool have played them under Klopp, they've scored at least three times, haven't they? Yeah, and I think you know you, you if especially if it feels like a good time to be going there, especially with the fact that that Liverpool have found some fluency going forward again. I know you've got kind of the, the caveat is that it's been against limited opposition, but you know still Liverpool struggled to break down limited opposition earlier on in the season. They've got some of that fluency back. Um, so, yeah, I'd, I'd expect Liverpool's front line, you know, they should be licking their lips at the prospect of facing a, a depleted Arsenal back line. Um, yeah, it's, it's just going to be really interesting to see how Klopp approaches it, whether, because I, I think the massive decision, obviously I'm sure we'll go on to selection-wise, but whether does he does he almost field four attackers with Shakiri as one of the four, or does he play safe and play, you know, a, a trio of Fabinho, Wijnaldum, Milner, and just try and be solid and and stay in the game and, and back the front three to deliver and then and then of course if you need to go chasing it in the second half you've got fantastic options off the bench with with the likes of Shakiri and Sturridge. I think nope. against Liverpool, sorry against yeah sorry against Liverpool, the one position you don't want to be stretched in is left back because although a lot of the work has been coming down Liverpool's left hand side in terms of Robertson's obviously getting a lot of uh, chances to create etc. You know, you've got Salah there and you've got potentially Trent, or it might be Gomez bombing on and Liverpool are very strong down that right-hand side. So if, if they've got a makeshift left-back up against Salah, it, it could be carnage. Now, of course, James, uh, this isn't the first time Klopp will have been coming up against Emery. There was a certain Europa League final two yep. and a half years ago, which we've all tried to forget, which I'll now remind everybody about. <laughs> Liverpool lost 3-1. Half-time Liverpool were 1-0 up. wouldn't say they were cruising, but they were certainly in control. Had a number of chances and then it all kind of fell apart in the second half and... I can't remember who it was. Was it David Lynch this uh, this week has written something for the Standard about how Arsenal's in the second half of games this season seem to have been coming stronger, and that's something that under Emery has become a bit of a theme. But Klopp te- he played it down a little bit, didn't he? Today, when he was asked about it, he said, "Well, it wasn't down to him. It was more down to our team not performing well enough in the first half, taking the chances, and then not turning up in the second half in Bale." Yeah, and I go along with that. To be honest, I don't, I didn't, I don't remember ever watching that game and thinking that Emery had pulled off some kind of tactical masterstroke in that second half by turning it round. I I just think it was one of those occasions where Sevilla got into half-time that night, probably not quite believing their luck that it was only 1-0 because Liverpool had been so dominant in the game. You know, a few decisions had gone against Liverpool, you know, probably feeling a little bit sorry for themselves that they weren't further ahead. And then, you know, the the, the first two or three minutes or whatever it was after half-time that night effectively settled that final because... Um, Liverpool just started the second half so so sloppily, and and then once Sevilla got that equaliser, you, you you just felt the the the, the kind of tide changing. In, and um, yeah, I think what Klopp said today was right. He, you know, he quite often goes on about fatigue, doesn't he, as being a, a big reason in that final. And yeah, he he said you know he he didn't think that he could take the credit for how how dominant Liverpool were in that first half, just as he didn't think that Emery did sign it did some kind of job on Liverpool in the second half I think it was maybe a bit of fatigue but also you know just a really sloppy start to the second half that cost Liverpool that night and I, I don't I don't see I think the, the insinuation was did Emery find some kind mm. of like key that night that will stand Arsenal in good stead for Saturday night but I don't think that's the case. Christian do you agree with that? Yeah look at look at the teams as well yeah James Milner in a holding role you had, uh, you know, I think Ben Teke was thrown on in the last 10 minutes in a bit to salvage it. You know, Colo Torre was obviously playing at, at the back. You know, Alberto Moreno had, you know, not not his best five minutes after half time. I think it's just, 
yeah, you look at that Sevilla game um, in Baal and, and it was just one of those where it was purely down to the, to the players on the pitch. Okay, maybe Klopp could have stemmed the tide a little bit in the second half, but it was quite ultimately... slow to make changes. He was, he I remember well, that. he didn't um, really have, as you've just gone through, there well, weren't many changes he well, could have made. Well, I think the changes he made, was it Alan, Benteke and, and maybe... Skill? come on. No, he didn't see the was, was it Lucas? Maybe Lucas? I can't remember. Henderson um, didn't get on, did no, he? No, no, but he, but he was coming back because from Because you pinpointed him as Oh, Divock Origi, of course. That's it, yeah, yeah. Because remember Henderson, you'd pinpointed as somebody who could be crucial in that game. I did, but I was also very hungover. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> uh, so, uh, the, the day of the game. But, um, yeah, so I I think, if anything, it wasn't an Emory, as James said, an Emory masterclass. Maybe, you know, Klopp was a little bit little bit late to make changes. I also remember that Origi was stripped and getting ready to come on when they scored the third. So, or maybe he'd just come on when they scored the third. So it was very much whatever plans that he had was straight out of the window because was it Coke? Yeah. Coke scored the, uh, scored the, 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 the third goal. So I wouldn't read anything into that. This is two very different teams. I was looking at the, the team before we came in, the Liverpool one there and of the, of the players who, uh, who, who might feature tomorrow. You've got Dejan Lovren. You've got uh, Roberto Firmino, but obviously he wasn't playing as a number nine, really. Um, he was he was behind Daniel Sturridge, and and that's pretty much it. You know, obviously you got Sturridge, you may come off the bench. So, in terms of personnel, it's completely different. In terms of tactics, it's completely different, and in terms of mentality, it's completely different. So, it's different. Well, for all of that, Connor, people will be saying that perhaps Emery's got a little bit of a sign over Klopp because teams can have signs over other teams. He, he people will say he might have one over him. This is a perfect chance to to banish that, isn't it? Of course. Yeah, I think Klopp will relish that opportunity as well. Um, it probably hurts Klopp just as much as anybody going in one and up in that game to coming away with a 3-1 loss in, you know, quite extraordinary circumstances, really. Um, I think the proof will be in the pudding when it comes to the end of the season. We'll see where Arsenal are because I don't see them staying this long and winning this many games throughout, um, especially with the problems they've got at the back at the moment as well. I think it's going to play a massive part coming into the what is going to be a really busy period in the next few weeks as well. So... Yeah, I think Klopp certainly sees it as an opportunity to put one back on him. For one, sure. the, one of the great forgotten final goals, though. Yeah, Sturridge, great goal. Outside the, the left boost from, from the edge of the area. But what were the incidents? Was it handballs? There was two handballs. Three handballs. They, they, yeah. they, 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 they had three penalty claims. which uh, So they should... Um, the two pretty strong ones. And they had other chances. I think for one was there a ball across the face of the box where Firmino just couldn't get a toe onto it. That was just after 1-0, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And that goes in. It, the difference between the first half and the second half was, was remarkable. Liverpool, you know, that's one of the great forgotten, or one of the great lost finals because they, they were so much better than that severe side even at that point. Well, that's all our yesterday's finished with. Uh, we will now look ahead to Saturday. I'm, I'm, I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> got that off my chest. It's only taken you two and a half years, yeah. hasn't it? Yeah. Glad I could, you've got, glad you've I got could, over the hang. Glad I could share yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, James, you, you touched on it before. Uh, Shakiri, the question to Shaq or not? Do you love Shaq or do you not love him for this particular game? <laughs> um, first of all, I do love Shaq, mm. but not love for this game. Shaq. Um, Thanks, Connor. I just... <laughs> I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm being a bit too conservative, but that's just, a, that angle. Whoa, 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 whoa. That's know, very much unlike you. I know, I know, but I just think this is blue, Mike. I'm. I'm <laughs> I, just, <laughs> I, I just worry about it. I, I, I think. I but think the it, only. I think if, the if, only if way this... Liverpool don't win this game is if the game is too open, and and it becomes almost like a basketball match. But if, the, if there is one, too, you give Arsenal a sniff, and if, I think you keep. I, I just think. Maybe the way to go is solidity in midfield, back your front three to do the damage. And then if it doesn't happen for you, 
you've got that fantastic option to bring on. But if there is one away game against top six opposition in which you can play Shakiri in the midfield role, it's surely this one for all those reasons you've just said. I just no, but then I just think you've got to respect the fact that Arsenal are in fantastic form, and yeah, they've got injuries, but it doesn't that still they're only they're only injuries at one end. You know, it doesn't limit their their potent threat at the other. Um, and I, I just think there's too many question marks. So, you know, that that system worked brilliantly against opposition that didn't want to play. Red Star Belgrade didn't want to play. Cardiff didn't. You have the ball. We'll just get men behind the ball and try and frustrate you. Arsenal won't won't play like that. Um, but could they play a four three three and just put Shakiri as the other member of the midfield? You could, you could do, but then I just I don't know. He, do you know what? He may well he may well go with that. Um, and Shakiri, you know, has shown that there is another side to his game. Klopp has obviously been on his case massively. You know, he, he said, didn't he, the other, was it after the Red Star home game that, you know, I think the manager would be proud of of that because he's been, you know, he's been talking to me about the pressing side of it that, you know, I think Klopp joked, didn't he? I think it was his, it was the first counter-pressing situation in Shakiri's career because he's, you know, it's just something he's never really been asked to do before. But I, I don't know, I still think, I think also there's, there's still, Fabino has got a lot of praise for how he's performed the last couple of games, but this is another massive step yeah. up for him. You know, it's all well and good. Again, he's done really well in two games where there's been no real pressure on him whatsoever. You know, it's been in very comfortable surroundings with teams who have let Liverpool play. This is like a massive step up for him in terms of like his proper welcome to the Premier League because this is just a, a very, very different type of contest. So I think that's just the most fascinating thing about which way does Klopp go? You know, how ambitious is he in terms of how he sets Liverpool up? I think defensively, it's a no-brainer in terms of Robertson has to come back in for Moreno. Um, I think you've got to find room for Gomez. I think, I, I, personally, I'd probably go with Gomez at right back and play Lovren and Van Dijk in the middle. Um, and then, obviously, the front three pick themselves. But yeah, the midfield area is going to be fascinating whether, whether he is bold and goes with Shakiri as one of the three. Well, James, you've just addressed my next four questions in one answer, so I'll go through them. That's like a quiet isn't it? Join us next week. I will go through them one by one with with our other two colleagues. Carl, I'll start with you. Um, Shakiri, would you play him? 100%. I think... um, Would you play him? So that's a yes. Yeah. And how would you play him? Would you play him in a 4-3-3 or would you play him in the 4-2-3-1 that they've been playing at the moment? Or more like a 4-2-1-3? So we see number six is in Shakiri just in front of them. Ooh. Is that not a four three three? That, that's sort a four three three. Yeah, that's <laughs> but, a four three three. But we're flipping the triangle. <laughs> the triangle's just the other way around. <laughs> but yeah, the four three three. So you're gonna play you, yeah, the four three three. That's what you so you you would want to see Firmino back as the central striker. I would indeed, yeah. Yeah. With Shakiri being the person nearest to him centrally. Absolutely, one hundred percent. I think he has been the link between the defence and the midfield. I think in an open game he's the one that's going to provide you a bit of creativity. Not always this season have we seen the front three completely at their full throttle best. And, you know, they have been getting a bit back to best against Cardiff, which is fine, but this is Arsenal. I think you might need Shakiri just for that little bit extra. Christian, what would you do with the power cube? I would well, I would I would play him under the proviso that the power cube is well aware that he has to run his wonderfully muscly legs off why do you call him the why do you call him the power cube I don't know cube? why I call him the power cube because he's just powerful and he's built like a cube <laughs> I mean it's, 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 it's in the name it's in the name it's in the name isn't it he's ask I, a silly question I so was, where are you playing where are you playing them on the right or centrally or? it's hard because I think basically could he play in the square he could so the hole in the, in the hole I, can I, the cube play in the hole That's I'd be tempted to go with a 4-2-3-1 for this game still 
and I'd be tempted to sort of go. So he's on the left, on the right, on the right. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But, right. but, yeah, but yeah, sort yeah, of yeah. doing a little bit like yeah. what Lallana did against Cardiff, where he was dropping in and make and helping out Wine Alden and Fabinho. Hmm. Um, the only reason. And it, pardon? And doing a Cruyff turn. And do, doing a lot of Cruyff right, going to say. Yeah, <laughs> and very good ones. And then what you can... The, the reason I'm saying that, I, I just think counter-attack and football will be really important. Yeah, I, I think Liverpool could absolutely annihilate Arsenal on the counter-attack because they they play so open. I think the one thing Emery hasn't really boxed off at the moment is any shape off the ball. And you watch any game, even against Crystal Palace... They were so open, and Palace aren't exactly the most expansive team in the world, and they were just cutting through them. I just feel you you, you don't really get that from a Fabinho, Wijnaldum, Milner midfield free. So I'd be tempted to go with the. I mean, I've always said I don't really believe in formations. I think that it's something you don't that, believe in formations. <laughs> that's it, that, can I just say that's that, 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 that is that is you know I, I, that, I, I'm I'm all I, you know I am lost for words. Just... I am lost for words of all the people to, of all the people to say that as well. I don't believe in formations. So what do you believe in then? Well, what do you believe, I believe in, God? in? No, I believe. In a thing called love. No, I I I believe that it's all very fluid. Stop so singing on this podcast. <laughs> I believe that the, that it's a, the children are the future. <laughs> no, in my opinion, Liverpool. I've, I forgot. Point. No, you don't, you believe, don't believe in, believe formations. in formations. formations. That's it. So I, I I don't think that. So when match of the day put this the graphics on screen, okay, it's a four two three one, it's a four three three, whatever. But the way Liverpool play is so fluid that it's always interchanging during Are the game. Are you suggesting that it's hard to compartmentalise Liverpool's style of play? Correct, exactly. Yeah. So they might line up like this in 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 a, a kickoff situation, but it can it can change. It's very fluid under Jurgen Klopp, and I think what you what you say there is that you've got Fabinho and and Wijnaldum, or maybe Milner and Wijnaldum, or Fabinho Milner. Probably not, but you've got those two midfielders as the as the double pivots, and then you've got Shakiri, who's basically sort of a wide right player, but also helping out in the midfield, and then you've got the three, the front three, who basically wreck havoc on the left hand side. That's the way I'd go anyway, um, which was a very long <laughs> way around it. Uh, so you didn't believe in formations, and then described one in and described one in, in absolute yeah. detail. Yeah. I go with Shakiri just because I feel like on the counter attack, that's the way to get at Arsenal. The Blood Red Podcast, brought to you by Footy Five. Play today at thepools.com. Well, I, I've, I've got, to, I've got, to, I've got to side with Jay Meister and say oh, that yeah. I don't think uh, he'll go with Shakiri. I don't think he should either. I think Milner has to play. Why? Because he had, he adds that solidity, and you can't just let the front three go and do what you want. Because if there's one game where they don't really need that extra creativity to create chances, it's it's against this Arsenal backline, which won't be particularly well protected by the midfield. And if you can isolate them one on one, they've got absolutely no chance. I was going to say the other thing that he's got to factor in, which would count in Shakiri's favour for potentially playing, is. Does he play Shakiri away to Red, yeah. Red Star Belgrade on Tuesday night? Because he's not going to, is he? Well, I don't think he will. I don't, I don't, I don't think, think he'll go. I don't, I, don't I don't even think. So he'll then, go. what does he yeah. play in Belgrade? Because if Shakiri doesn't play in our, our well, Arsenal, yeah. have, well, he's already kind of suggested that Henderson and Cater aren't going to be ready for that anyway. No, no, they won't be involved, will they? Because Good I think he, he said. What did he say? He said Kaita back in training the next couple of days, and he Henderson start next Monday, week. So yeah. the game's on Tuesday. So. Yeah, there's no no chance either of those or or play. I don't. Yeah, I mean, he, I know he shrugged off, didn't he, whether Shakiri would try. He said he hadn't even given it any thought in the after the first game. But, um, I mean, speaking to a couple of Serbian reporters, 
they said uh, you cannot believe the amount of abuse he will get if he steps foot on that pitch. Is it uh, even worse than your mentions on Twitter? Yes, yes. (laughs) I think uh, from what they were, yeah, they they, said, and this was a a very civil, normal kind of Serbian fellow I was having this conversation with. And he said, he said, you know, you don't, you know, I don't think you really know how much offence he caused with his goal celebration in the World Cup um, when he when he scored for Switzerland against Serbia. So yeah, that is something for Klopp to factor in as well. My friend has a, a Serbian friend, and he was actually on the cop because there was a spare ticket for Red Star Belgrade. Um, so was he one of the ones that was booing when he got the? Well, no, no, no. He said he was he was behaving impeccably. He was very respectful on the cop. He didn't didn't say anything about it. And then when he went off for Lalana uh, and everybody's applauding, he just leans in menacingly to my friend and just goes. Are you applauding Shakiri or are you should applauding Lalana? <laughs> and, and he's like, and he's like, his, his answer was like, oh Lalana, Lalana, definitely, we really like Lalana. He was like, that is fine. <laughs> was like, so it's one of the, you go, how bad can it be? And then you think that it could be actually quite bad. And and also, I think it'll take a lot of if there's, if there's one area of the of certainly of Europe that you don't want to start tweaking the tails in any way it's, it's, it's around the Balkans and also if there's one game in that group where you can afford to change your team just because it's yeah. Red Star yeah. why, why, it? why give them extra motivation yeah. and exactly. extra yeah. reason yeah. to just take out the threat just yeah. done well so in short we don't it, know if we should play or not <laughs> yeah. we're split right down the middle which I think is yeah. what we're saying basically is we sums think, up Shaqiri yeah. in a nutshell yeah. I don't think he will play him for what it's worth so you want him to but you don't think yeah. he will yeah do you think he will I want him to I hope he does I think he might <laughs> get off that fence I'm glad we cleared that up now James you mentioned Fabinho so I'll ask the other two Christian I'll start with you James is right he's done well in the two games that he started recently but this is the pr- proverbial different kettle of fish isn't it? it is and Arsenal to me he, he, you know Wenger sides down the years they always have those Who? Wenger 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 you can pronounce, oh, here, you can, here you can comes pronounce Guardiola Basel. hey that's his name Guardiola Basel Basel. Not Baal. Baal. Basel. It's Baal. Basel. I've been there. So I I. On a press trip yes. with a Swiss person yeah, from I went Basel. Some work. And she said it's Basel. Yeah. Anyway. Arsenal. Christian. Arsenal, which, which, I, which I'm pronounce, pronounce, pronouncing. And enunciating. Uh, Have you got any familiarity with that? Arsene Wenger. Hi, Andy. Any type... Yeah. <laughs> any any time you watch Arsenal, I, I, I feel like they just have runners from deep, midfield runners, where they just go beyond you. And I can think of so many goals where Liverpool have conceded down the years against Arsenal because you've got a player who, who who's made that run undetected and he goes into the box and he scores. And, and and it feels like they've got players like that in the locker again. Aubameyang will be coming in from the left-hand side. You've got potentially Ramsey. I think Awobi's not really that sort of threat, but you, you know, you've got Ezel, of course, as somebody else who can, who can ghost into space and, and create havoc and you know undetected. So this is the game where Fabinho's head needs to be on a swivel. And the one concern I've had about Fabinho at the moment he's is... He's got an owl, basically. Yeah. About Fabinho the owl, yeah. <laughs> like, like the little girl in The Exorcist. He's, he's... <laughs> My one big concern is that sometimes players run off the back of him too easily. Uh, and I hope that he sort well, of tighten that up. He, he nearly, I wouldn't say cost Liverpool a goal, but he certainly gave Cardiff two chances it's towards the end of the first it's definitely half. He's not, point. The only, he's not the only Oh, he's not the only one. And, 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 and Lord, Henderson does it, yeah. and Van Aldum's done it. it. It happens. The way Liverpool play, it, it, it is a... It's a, an occupational hazard, if you will, of playing a little a little bit deeper in the Jurgen Klopp side. But 
I think it is the one thing when I've watched them, I've been impressed with his, his, his use of the ball. I've been impressed with how he's, you know, his tackling is, is usually, he either takes the ball, takes the man, either way, he's, he's done something good with his tackling. But <laughs> ultimately, but the yeah. one the one concern I've had from the Chelsea game when I first saw him properly is that, you know, players can run off the back of him a little bit. So I think he's really, that's also maybe why I go with the two man I midfield. Say, I was about to ask Connor that. Is, the fact, is that, do you reckon why... He's playing in a two rather than the one, which would be the four three three. I've just said a lot of numbers there. Yeah, well, no, I imagine that's exactly the reason, to be fair, because you've always got a little bit of cover for him. I was going to say what I did like about Fabinho is the fact that he always seems to be passing forward. I know a lot's been made about his extra passing forward to mm. the front three and things, but you do see him looking up and trying to get the ball moving again, Liverpool back on the front foot. But again, that does give players the opportunity to come behind him when he's you know, looking forward, that's just like I think a natural thing that happens. You know, putting Ronaldo in, putting Milner in, that probably isn't going to be the pairing, but that is going to be the cover, I think, yeah. Now, James, you mentioned the defence. We'll come back to that <laughs> mentioned then. mentioned a lot of things, didn't you, Jake? <laughs> he did, yeah. We found that was about 10 minutes ago that you answered all the questions. <laughs> trying to wrap Thanks. things up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Why have you got somewhere to go? <laughs> anyway, uh, you're suggesting that Lovren comes back in and Gomez goes right back. Lovren played last weekend, didn't he? Well, sorry, Lovren comes back in in the terms of comes back in as in keeps his place yeah alright well for big games oh, then again he played against Man City didn't he you've had one here yeah, I yeah, yeah, yeah. where are you going with this I think my point is for the majority <laughs> of the season Gomez has been the first choice yes. centre back yeah. alongside Virgil van Dijk and Trent Alexander-Arnold has played right back however since Dejan Lovren has come back to be, you know he's been available after his stomach injury he's kind of been in and out of the team as, as you just reminded me he did play against Manchester City though um, there's a lot of you know a lot of fans would like to see Gomez stay there, but you're saying Lovren. Yeah, I just think, I just wonder whether Klopp will want to, yeah, I think he'll he, he feel like he needs to find room for Joe Gomez. Joe Gomez certainly commands a place in Liverpool's best side at the moment. And I think, although he has been an outstanding at centre-back, I think he's also done a fantastic job at right back. Now, Gomez played right back at the Emirates last year, and didn't he go asleep for one of the goals? Yeah, but he's a different player now, isn't he, compared to them? But yeah, he did. He, I think that was the goal that sparked Sanchez? that crazy. Was it the Sanchez goal? The first one, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Jack can see like three times in five, five minutes, minutes yeah. five yeah. six minutes. Yeah, um, yeah. And, it, and to be honest, that was that was a little that was well, that was a, a chink in his armor, wasn't it, last season? Because that happened a few times where he got caught under crosses or misjudge them. Man City in the 4-3. Yeah. Um, but no, when you look at how, how he's performed so far this season with the benefits of a full pre-season behind him, he's a, he's a very different player, I think. I don't know, I think, you know, Trent is still so young, isn't he? And I think, I thought we thought he did okay last weekend, but maybe, it just feels at the moment, maybe Trent is more suited to games when, you know, he, the, there's not as many defensive duties and that he's literally given a license to get down that right-hand side and, and whip balls in and, and be creative. I think probably going forward, I think he's better than Gomez, mm. but defense, defensively, I think Gomez gives you, gives you the edge. So yeah, I think that's personally, that's, that's the way I go. I think if Arsenal are going to play a, a, a two up top in a way, even though it, it isn't necessarily that on paper, you know, with Lacazette and Aubameyang, it makes sense to have three centre-backs, even though Gomez is, is playing right back. You think about Aubameyang will probably play on the on the left-hand side and it, it would be good for him to, to come up against Gomez, Lovren and Van Dijk, you know, so Van Dijk can maybe look after Lacazette and then you've got the two centre-backs to, to deal with Aubameyang. If I'm Emery, I'm playing... 
Aubameyang on the right-hand side just to, just to mess with Liverpool's heads a little bit and get him isolated against Robertson. So I hope he isn't listening to this podcast. I think I'm pretty <laughs> sure that he won't be. I After you said that you don't believe in formations, he would have. <laughs> he turned off in the anger. Yeah. He turned <laughs> off in anger. So yeah, I, I think it's. I Conscious think that, the car radio. <laughs> <laughs> it's the uh, it's 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 Lovren and Gomez. Even though I don't feel like that should be Liverpool's strongest. Lovren and Gomez. Lovren and Gomez. In the centre back. No, no, sorry, Gomez right back. Oh, sorry, yeah, yeah. sorry, I meant on the right hand yeah, yeah, side yeah, of the fence. Yeah. Obviously, Robertson and Van Dijk. I feel even though it's not that necessarily would have been controversial. When it would have been very controversial. Yeah. <laughs> Just throwing it out there. <laughs> just, doing, just doing it for the I, listens. I agree. I think Lovren has to play. I also think Gomez at right back ahead of Trent. Connor, do you agree? No. You're not going to agree, eh? I can <laughs> no, see, I can see you just looking at us. Go on. No, because I think from James's point, not playing Shakiri and then not playing Trent, I think Trent gives you the outlet from defence on the right because he's quite attacking, um, more so than Gomez. So if you need to get out, he'll give you that run in. He'll give you that ball out, give you that ball away. And then if you don't play Shakiri, you don't play Trent, I think you're pretty defensive, which, you know, you might need for the Arsenal game, but I think one of the two has to play. That's interesting. That's interesting. I go along with that. You feel but if, you're playing with, if you're playing with a 4-3-3, though, isn't Salah back on the right, so can't he be the outball? He is, but who yeah. finds him? I mean, don't get me wrong, Go- Gomez, Gomez is, is yeah, no, Gomez is Gomez Gomez is no slouch. No, I get know. that. Well, Gomez plays the ball up for the goal at Huddersfield. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's also the quickest then player in the Liverpool team, team isn't he? He's passed to Shaqiri. Yeah, exactly, yeah. It does feel, it's a bit unfair on Gomez because I think we're judging him up against Trent as a right-back. I think Gomez is a right back in his own right. Going forward is absolutely fine, but he's he's mm. probably not as good as Trent going forward. It does feel maybe a little bit pedestrian in terms of you've got a right hand side there potentially of Gomez and Milner, perhaps you know in terms of that right hand side. So yeah, I can definitely see if if, if the counter is the way to go forward, then one of Trent or Shakiri should play. But if that's the case, it should be Shakiri. Now, Connor, you've written a story today about Arsenal's chief scout, Sven Milintat. Have I said that right? I think so. That's I how I pronounce it, at least. Now, why would he be giving Jurgen Klopp a warm embrace before the game, if he's there? So, he joined Dortmund in 2007, which is the year before Jurgen Klopp was appointed manager at Dortmund. He spent 10 years as Dortmund's chief scout, during which time they created a golden generation of Dortmund players. I'm just reciting my news article. This, this, yeah. <laughs> Up to the third part. Like, in, yeah. in all fairness, yeah. he brought in what, like Lewandowski, he brought in Aubameyang, players that are, you know, like serious Hummels as well. And like, you know, sat down that middle of their team and won them two Bundesligas, won them German Super Cup like four or five times. Final of the Champions League went there as well. So he will know Klopp very well and Klopp will know him extremely well. You know, the chief scout and the manager obviously work together to talk about players they want to see in their team. And they'll obviously give them or give Klopp an idea at least of how Arsenal are going to work. You've got Mkhitaryan if he plays, you've got Aubameyang. I know Socrates is obviously injured, but they all came from Dortmund. So you'll have an idea of how they work. And there's a couple of other players in the Bundesliga that Milan Tats brought into Arsenal as well since he came last November. So yeah, I think, I think Klopp will have a good idea actually, probably better idea of how Arsenal are going to set up this time or how they might, or how some of the players might play than ever before. Having said that, James, is there a sense that this is going to be the first time in a long time Liverpool will be coming up against an Arsenal team that's a bit of a step into the unknown in the sense that for about 20-odd years or 50 years, as Klopp said, Wenger <laughs> has been, uh, <laughs> Wenger has been the, the manager at Arsenal. This is the first time since 1996, I think, that, that Liverpool come up against an Arsenal team that is not Wenger. Yeah, and you, you, you kind of sense that the atmosphere will be very different around the place. I remember going there, what was it, last December when Liverpool went there and... It felt like such a missed opportunity that night for Liverpool not to win that game because they paid the price for a mad five or six minutes. Um, because you always felt 
that the fans were that you know that close to, to turning on them. You know, there was so much turmoil there. I think it is a more difficult place to go to now because there is that you know that unity, all that the cloud of of you know. You sometimes you'd see scuffles breaking out in the stands between you know obviously pro Wenger and anti Wenger. Uh, factions. Did you in actually the see these scuffles? Yeah, you've seen yeah, it. Yeah, 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 when that wasn't that the game last year when he was eating, he had a pack of uh, raw carrots. He was eating. Yeah, it was. It was. was yeah. Sorry, that's how bad it had got down there, Ian. What the kids are getting? Crudits they were eating. <laughs> crudits. That's what they're called. The Hummus. So, you know, isn't it crudite? You know, it's crudite. What? <laughs> same, same thing. That, that's a, that's a libelous accusation, though. Basel. Uh, the uh, yeah, it just if it, 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 it's certainly a very different mood around there now I think um yeah the last couple of times you always sense that they you were only a, a good five or ten minutes away from properly making it a, a horrible place for Arsenal to play football but um yeah credit to Emery I think you know he I felt a bit sorry from at PSG because you know he I think he's he experienced the same problem at PSG that Tuchel is probably going through now yeah. in the fact that because they just don't really get tested on a week-to-week basis domestically yet obviously they're are they Qatari, their owners? Mm. Is that right? Yeah, the you know they expect Champions League glory and have spent a huge amount of money. To be fair, but they were beating Barcelona four 0 The um yeah, and then you know it didn't happen for you know, they haven't got past what is it the quarters? Is that right? I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Bit mad PSG um, as well this season. They've played thirteen games. I mean, Sam having a look today. Um, they swapped Ariola and Buffon one game for one game each team in the league. They're thirteen wins from thirteen, but it's just so bizarre. It seems like a weird club. Because, you know, they're not being tested. No one's going to... To be honest, Kaiser's playing golf for them. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I mean, though. You're just... Like with the glasses on. No test at all, is it? Just do whatever you want. (laughs) Now, James mentioned before about small details and small margins could decide this title race, but there's a... What always helps is when the... uh, Your best... uh, Your rival teams are are missing the best players. And the uh, news today, Christian, that uh, Kevin De Bruyne is going to be out for... Again, he's already missed two months of this season, comes back, and now he's going to be out for another five to six weeks. I mean, Jurgen Klopp said he'd rather he was fit and you know, Liverpool beat the best of everybody, but you, given your hand gestures, suggest he may be fibbing a little bit. I think he's he's been very respectful to the to Manchester City and, and, and I'm sure he wants a fair fight, but it's a boost to Liverpool and other teams. And as much as a boost uh, uh, an injury can be, you know, you don't want to revel in other people's misery and misfortune, but if it's given Liverpool a little bit of a... A little bit of an advantage in in what will be a very very tight race, or so so we hope. It, it, it could make all the difference. What 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 is he? What, what it says to me there is that he'll miss the Manchester derby at Old Trafford, and he'll miss Chelsea. Chelsea They're yeah. two very big games. I think they missed them big time at Anfield. I think he would have been the the link between midfield and attack that they really lacked. Um, no, again, that might explain why they played the way they played. Possibly. And, and that, that Liverpool could have benefited, benefited. from the yeah, that, change that, in formation. That's fair as well. That's if you believe in formation. Well, yeah, <laughs> absolute piffle. Uh, <laughs> but ultimately, what you've got to say about De Bruyne now is that when he comes back, he's he's essentially missed half a season of football, which mm. is a big, big deal for Manchester City. And, and, and It's had a know, massive effect so far. On well, I was about to say, you know, you know what, if they, if, they, if they come out of this and, and they're still unbeaten and, and you know dropped about six points all, all season uh, well you know fair play to them because it just shows you the strength and depth that they've got on paper it should be a, a big blow for them and and you know if Liverpool lost 
their best player, you know, if they lost Salah or even if you, you know, you want to say if they lost like a Firmino or a player like that, then it'd be, a, you know, a real, real blow. For Man City, it's a blow, but it's not one that that feels fatal. I mean, James, we were down at the Academy Kirby last night, just the seven goals in the mini-mini derby, I think we call it, under-18s, <laughs> Liverpool against Everton. Uh, a last-minute winner like uh, Liverpool had in the previous, I think, previous home game against Manchester City. It was Bobby Duncan then. It was uh, Jack Byrne this time, came off the bench. But overall, it was uh, it was quite an encouraging game for both sides of the Merseyside, wasn't it? It was, yeah. It was a yeah, fantastic entertainment. Um, a decent crowd down there. Um, it looked like Liverpool had thrown it away, really. They're much the better side in the first half. Um, won that up with a, a fine header from Bobby Duncan, who's enjoyed a, a great start to his uh, his Liverpool career at the academy. Um, and then Arsenal came... Uh, Arsenal? Arsenal, <laughs> Arsenal? We're talking a lot about Arsenal. Everton came right back Come on, you've got it. a blue microphone in front just, of me. You should have known it just, was Everton. Just before, uh, before half-time. Um, and 1-1 one, one at half-time flattered them, to be honest. And then... Um, yeah, fantastic free kick from Leighton Clarkson and a decent finish from Paul Glatzel. Um Looked look like they'd killed Everton off, but credit to them. Came back into it 3-3 with a couple of minutes to go. But uh, yeah, Barry Lutus' side kept on going and um, you know and got their reward. And uh, yeah, brilliant for Jack Byrne. He'd only been on the field a few minutes for, to touch home Clarkson's free kick. Um, yeah, and I think what well, they now a point behind Everton with the, game with the leaders hand, yeah. with a game in hand. So, yeah, when you think uh, Barry Lutus had some big boots to fill, taking over from Steven Gerrard in the summer, um, you know, the top of their group comfortably in the UEFA Youth League, in pole position to hit the top um, in the under 18 Premier League. Um, yeah, looking forward to the FA Youth Cup campaign, which obviously you'll. Will get underway in the next month or so as well. I mean, there was encouraging performances right across the team for Liverpool. The two two fullbacks in particular caught my eye: Larucci and uh, and Hoover looked a bit tidy, didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> he did, he did. Yeah, I mean, there was a real obviously uh, when Hoover arrived, only sixteen arrived for my axe um, in the summer. I know Liverpool were were absolutely delighted that they managed to get that one over the line, uh, and by the same token, Ajax gutted to lose one of the best young players in their academy and. Uh, he had to bide his time initially as you know the paperwork and the international clearance was sorted out um but yeah i thought you know he was if you were being very harsh you'd you'd say he was responsible for one of everton's goals but you, I don't, you, I don't you thought think the goalkeeper keeper was a bit slow, slow off his yeah. line to come and deal with it a bit indecisive and and ended up uh it got punished but yeah really comfortable in possession you know a, a real threat going forward and um for the most part Really solid defensively, um, and you're right. Yeah, Larucci on the other side. I haven't, I've, must have been, I haven't seen a huge. I've, you know, I've seen him quite a few times. Yeah, I've seen a huge he's amount. A, I think he's a winger, but he's just playing at left back at the moment. Or he's, yeah. he's, he's, like he's a wing back. He's, he's got he's very brilliant good, pace, yeah. and he's he's strong. He's quick, um, and he's yeah. Larucci is definitely one to to keep a close eye on. But that you know, to be honest, that that team is you know packed full of of really exciting talent. And um, yeah, anyone who hasn't been able to get down to the academy to watch them so far this season. Are, Thoroughly recommend it. You won't be disappointed. There's even a stand now. There is. That's where we were sat in. Yep. I, was, I was sat with James and members of his family. And AK was there, Andy. Neil was there as well. Neil Jones, all, all the old like favourites. reunion. It was, wasn't it? Yeah. And James, a coffee van. James got me a coffee, yeah. yeah. Only £2.50 in. <laughs> I won't mention it. I'll pay you at some point. Don't yeah, worry. At some point. all on your big books. Yeah. A yeah. uh, couple of things to finish with. Um, Jurgen Klopp was asked about how he thinks Liverpool have done so far this season. He was helpfully told that he thought Liverpool should have beaten Chelsea to which he said thank you very much I don't I don't agree but his, uh, his, sum- his summary was after 10 games quarter of the season so far so good would you agree absolutely he also said that they couldn't really have done much more than they have done 
I mean, they could they could have won every game. Yeah, I knew you were going to say that, but you know what I mean. I do know what you mean. I'd, it feels like it's gone it, so far so good, but if you wanted it to be so far so unbelievably excellent, I think a turning one of those draws against Chelsea or Manchester City into a victory would would really be setting Liverpool up. As it is, it just feels like it, it's such a weird situation because of Manchester City. And, and to be fair, Chelsea as Chelsea well. As well yeah. It's and Arsenal and Tottenham weren't far behind either before before this no, weekend. No, no, but you know, before then, you you're looking at the potential of Tottenham overtaking Liverpool this this weekend if they beat Manchester City. Um it's just such a it's such a competitive league that it feels like Liverpool have been clinging on in the title race when they've won eight and drawn two and that's probably where the only regret comes from that they couldn't have put a little bit of distance between them and City with a victory over them or with a with a win over City uh, or win over Chelsea. But otherwise, you know, you can only do what you can do. And, and Liverpool have beaten every team out of the top six so far, and they've managed to get two points from two games against the, the two main rivals for this title. I think they need to win, not need to win tomorrow, but I think. To again, just keep it ticking along and make everybody say this is a good season. I think a victory is important. Are you a so far so good member? I think so far so good is exactly the way to describe it. I wouldn't have minded a few more goals today. James, get off your phone. I've got to ring Barry Lucis. Yeah, it's been better than. That's why I'm trying to wrap this up. Better than good, hasn't it? I think, you know, you did. Christian's right. The problem is Man City are so good that it kind of skews. Reality in any other, any well, in pretty much any other season prior to Guardiola's City, twenty six points out of thirty, be doing cartwheels. But problem is, there's just so little margin for error now that um, that Liverpool have to maintain this. They they've needed to produce their their joint best ever start to a Premier League season just to stay in touch with City, um, which just shows you know how high the bar is set and and the, the ridiculous standard they're going to have to keep performing at. If they want to stay in this title race, but yeah, the promising thing that bodes well for the coming months is the fact that you feel as if there's a lot more to come from this Klopp team, and that um, yeah, you, you don't get the impression we've seen the best of them yet. Liverpool would be five points clear in La Liga, and we'd all have better tans. <laughs> no, you might. I'd still be hiding in the shades. Believe I've me, I've got a decent tan. Thank you very much. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'd, be, <laughs> I'd be bright red or just white. You'd have to wear a hat though. I was. Surely, yeah. yeah. Uh, final, th- final thing then predictions. I'm going to go with two two. Four goal thriller. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Desmond. Uh, Christian. 4 1 Liverpool. <laughs> Sorry? 4 1 Liverpool. What formation? Doesn't matter. Whatever they want. <laughs> Connor. 3 1 Liverpool. 10 uh, 0, James. <laughs> no, 3 2 Liverpool. 3 2 Liverpool. Yeah. Oh, that's because he the two goals. Right, that'll do us. Uh, join us next week where we'll look back at the trip to Arsenal and ahead to James being in Belgrade telling everybody how much he loves Jordan Shakiri. You've been listening to the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.